brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty Spotlight Interviews. I am Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. Each week, these interviews provide you with the insights from a different perspective of Business Fight Poverty Network, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are working on some of the world's biggest social challenges. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Elizabeth Vasquez. She is a world leader in women's economic empowerment, and through her role as CEO and co-founder of We Connect International, she is on a global mission to increase supply diversity and inclusion. To say that Elizabeth is well-connected or influential is an understatement. She advises the likes of Walmart, Procter & Gamble and the UN, where she has been on the Secretary-General's high-level panel on women's economic empowerment. The title of the book that Elizabeth co-authored arguably sums up Elizabeth's mission, Buying for Impact, How to Buy from Women and Change Our World. She joins us today to give us insights into why this is still so important and what we can do about it. So, Elizabeth, welcome. Thank you for having me. I love the work that Business Fights Poverty does. Oh, thank you. Well, it's brilliant to have you. And Elizabeth, I wanted to start off our conversation today. You are clearly on a mission to ensure that women-led businesses are included in bigger businesses' value chains. Why is this even an issue? Well, we Connect International, we recognize that there is a massive market failure that makes women invisible as suppliers in global value chains. If you just look at the numbers, women represent about a third of the world's private businesses, and obviously they're about half the population, but they also make or influence the vast majority of all uh, consumer purchasing decisions. But if a third of the women-owned businesses are available to supply products and services to large organizations, it is hard to imagine that in 2021, they still earn less than 1% of the spend large corporations and governments spend on products and services every year. So the women-owned businesses, third of the businesses, but 1% of the spend by these large organizations. And that is something that is just bad business for everyone. Whoa, that is whopping. I didn't realize the stats on that. That is frightening. My next question is really about what inspired you. But I mean, probably that stat alone spurs you on. But sort of reeling it back a little bit, Elizabeth, what made you start this? Starting a massive movement, leading from the front, staying motivated. It's really tough. Well, it's really been a community effort. There's an organization that we work with called WeBank, the Women's Business Enterprise National Council. And in 2009, they created a global committee of their corporate members that were committed to buying from women-owned businesses in the United States. And they self-organized and they said, well, if it's good business to buy from women here in the US, why wouldn't we buy from women everywhere? But at the time, of course, there was no global database of women suppliers. So Accenture and Boeing and Cisco and EY and IBM and Intel and PG&E and Pfizer and Walmart, they got together and they said, well, well, we need to create a certification organization that can find these women business owners, verify that they're at least 51% owned, managed, and controlled by one or more women, and be able to educate, train, and encourage them to compete for our business. And now that network of peer buyers has grown to over 110 
buyers with over a trillion dollars in annual purchasing power and also now includes the United Nations and the World Bank Group and other large organizations seeking to be more inclusive in their sourcing practices. But there's just so much more opportunity. These women, they just want to sell their stuff. And the buyers need the solutions that these women have to offer. But we have no chance of progressing towards our mission and the UN Sustainable Development Goal 5 of equality in the next 10 years if we don't accelerate and address these market failures. And as a woman leading this movement, from your experience, what would your practical advice be to get more of those bigger businesses to be part of this and and to get involved? Well, part of it is leveraging that ecosystem that I mentioned, these large organizations that are committed to inclusive growth. We need them to help us identify these women-owned businesses so that we can get them into the network, educated, registered. They can register for free. They've done that across over 120 countries now. But we can also certify them by reviewing their documents and their application in almost 50 countries. There are many women-owned businesses already sourcing or selling to these uh, large buyers. We need them to be comfortable and confident in saying we are women-owned businesses uh, and we are proud to serve as role models for other young entrepreneurs that are thinking about starting a business. These large buyers can help us identify the women-owned businesses that are already doing business with them. And they are actually, those larger women-owned businesses are, are in a powerful position to leverage their purchasing power with smaller women-owned businesses that aren't yet in these value chains. So we want to make the invisible visible, and we want to ensure that these women have an equal opportunity to access these procurement opportunities by bringing these buyers and sellers together and sort of demystifying for the buyers who is woman-owned business because they are in a vast array of industry sectors, products, and services, and demystify for the women suppliers who is a buyer and and put a face and a name and a person behind these large organizations that are looking for their help. And Elizabeth, a lot of the work that you do is clearly around kind of empowering women-led businesses at an ecosystem level. What is your experience or advice to women-led businesses? You know, how can they step up? How can they put themselves forward? I mean, obviously joining WeConnect is super important, but is there something more that they should be doing? Yeah, absolutely. I think Having conversations like this that reach a broader audience are so incredibly important for raising awareness. Um, Why it's so important for these women to be brave and to knock on the doors of these large buyers. These women-owned businesses generally, it doesn't even occur to them to knock on these doors. And, And if it did, they don't know how these large organizations source. They don't know what is expected of them as suppliers. And so giving them examples of women that are successfully winning these opportunities and that these women deserve the same opportunity as the men who are earning these contracts. We Connect International is designed to give these women business owners access to buyers, but also to thousands of women and businesses just like them across the world, because it turns out they can do business with each other. They also have their own sourcing needs and their needs for partnership and investment. And they can do that with each other and really leverage their own purchasing power 
uh, to create opportunities for themselves and for other women around the world. Oh, great advice there. So for anybody listening out, A, go and have a look at WeConnect, but also some fantastic ideas of how to get your business out there. Elizabeth, you are sitting at a kind of an extraordinary position, really, being able to see this kind of ecosystem merging and connecting. From your perspectives, from your unique position, what trends are you seeing that others might not be aware of that really should be sort of taking heed of? Well, it's an exciting time. Everyone is aware that we have to do better in how we offer solutions that are more sustainable, that are more inclusive, that you know have a lot of more transparency. Technology is helping us with that. We definitely see a lot more on the corporate side and in, in governments talking about gender equality, gender inclusive sourcing. We have a lot more demand coming from these large organizations to find these women suppliers and to make sure they have opportunities uh, to be successful. We have a growing list of benefits that have been documented for what happens when these underutilized businesses, these women-owned businesses have equal opportunities to deliver innovation, um, deliver jobs, the way women do business with great speed, agility, anticipating their clients' needs, offering high-quality products and services that are competitive. And digitization is really exposing opportunities for smaller businesses to compete because everyone is having a harder time traveling. We're all having to use technology to market and promote our businesses and to connect with potential customers. And so changes in policies about the importance of being proactive in making our value chains more diverse is a trend that I'm, I'm seeing, but is also very welcomed. Super useful to know. And so digitization, changes in policy, it's all coming. And it sounds as though the knock-on, strangely sort of reversely positive impact of, of COVID locking everybody down is, is oddly helping encourage that sort of smaller business access to those bigger businesses, supply chains. And I, I wanted to sort of look at COVID a little bit more. In my final question with you today, Elizabeth, it's the stats are that COVID has set back women's equality massively. Depends who you talk to, but the numbers are quite big. What does rebuilding better look like to you? How has COVID affected your ecosystem? And, and really, is there a possibility of growing forward in a positive way? It's really a great question because without a doubt, women have borne the brunt of a lot of the challenges that come with this new environment of caretaking and of having to balance to the degree possible the caring for family members and oneself in addition to trying to pay the bills. Um, so since the pandemic started, we've surveyed our women business owners to track the impact and to try to understand how has this shifted their business strategies and are they still in business? And actually, our third survey will be out shortly. It's on WeConnectInternational.org website, but the first two are already up. And our last survey indicated that more than 80% of these businesses have had revenues negatively impacted because of COVID. And that should be no surprise to anyone. Um, our women in businesses, however, are incredibly resilient. They just want access to win more contracts 
and to have access to other women business owners because they're sharing their best practices and they're looking for opportunities to support each other, to do business together. And they're leveraging technology to be even more competitive in this changing environment. We need more governments in the private sector to step up and be a lot more aggressive in adapting more inclusive policies that can address these systemic inequalities, change systems, procurement systems um, that are not proactive in trying to find businesses of all backgrounds that desperately need these opportunities to be able to not just keep their doors open and continue to contribute to the global uh, gross uh, domestic product, the GDP, but also to create these much needed jobs that every country so desperately needs. We have a wonderful opportunity that we'll be launching on International Women's Day on March 8th for a year-long commitment called Rise to the Challenge. So this will give these large organizations a platform to make commitments to increasing their spend with women-owned businesses, but also give them opportunities to announce major projects or initiatives in support of women-owned businesses that are looking to access new markets. So we're really excited about this and really grateful to our partners like Business Fights Poverty. You're on the front lines um, ensuring that these issues are shared, discussed, but then we take action. We move beyond talking about it, but we take action. So I'm just thrilled that, that we have this collaboration in place and looking forward to next steps. Well, for anybody who is listening to this podcast, I will put those links into the words that sit alongside the podcast today. And on those powerful notes and words, Elizabeth, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. I really enjoyed our conversation. Oh, so did I. Pleasure. And I look forward to welcoming you back again soon. Thanks. Bye, Katie. And if you like what you've heard today, please do rate and subscribe to us. I would also love to hear your feedback. So please do drop me a line at any time. I'm Katie at businessfightspoverty.org. Many thanks. Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. 